Officiating issues continue in the prep sports world. Let's get into all that with John Millay here on Preps Today with John Millay, part of the TalkNorth.com podcast network. So, John, just uh, how difficult is it right now to get games played? Yeah, Jim, uh, Happy New Year to you. Uh, Happy New Year. It's it's. It's, it's kind of appropriate to start the last show of the year with this topic because we've had this topic for a long time. We're going to have it for a long time. The topic of, of not having enough officials. It's kind of, it's a bummer. It's a, it's a bummer of a topic, but it's not going away. Um, we've got a, a game that's supposed to be played in, uh, this coming Tuesday night, a girls basketball game between Tri-City United and New Richland, Heartland, Ellendale, Geneva. They're supposed to play. Tuesday night, a traditional night for high school basketball. They could not find officials, so they're going to play Monday night. Not a huge change, but it's a change, and it's because they don't have enough officials. So it's 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 here. It's happening. It's going to happen a lot more over the winter season. Uh, our, our Twitter friend MJ alerted both of us to an item from the CBS Evening News which and the headline on that piece of video was between abuse and COVID-19, there's been a dramatic drop in referees across, across youth sports in all groups nationwide. We've certainly seen that here in Minnesota. We've talked about it. I've written about it. Uh, it's a continuing thing. And, and Jim, I really like the column you wrote about uh, gifts for Minnesota sports teams and athletes, including uh, what the high school world deserves as a gift. And you said the prep sports needs a gift of more officials, which means more high school fans treating officials decently. They're not making much money. They're allowing your kids to play games. New rule, anyone who taunts an official at a high school game must officiate the next game for free. That would help. That would help, my friend. That's good advice. I couldn't agree more. So we need to stay on top of this. Um, you know, I, I, I think there's probably a lot of people who don't think about this until their schools, their team is affected, you know, and, and it's going to happen everywhere, all over the state to a lot of different teams, specifically over the winter here, uh, basketball and hockey. And uh, we'll keep talking about it and uh, we'll see where this takes us. John, of course, works for MSHSL.org. You can find John's journal there, which is just a wonderful uh, account of everything happening around the state. Of course, he gives you the oral, the verbal version here at TalkNorth.com. This is TalkNorth.com. Thank you for listening to the network. We do appreciate it. Thank you to Pizza Barn in Princeton. Jody Stay's classy operation. We'll tell you about that and her food truck here soon. And uh, I recommend following us on Twitter at Talk North Pod. You'll see all the shows as they were released. You'll also get notifications about our live shows, which we're doing a lot of these days. Uh, you can also go to talknorth.com, see the archives of all your favorite shows, find new favorite shows, a great sports lineup, great outdoor lineup, adding some variety shows, and we're going to be adding some big names to our network in the upcoming year. And thanks to our longtime producer, Brandon Morton, our sales executive, Karen Cleary. And again, thank you for listening. We do appreciate it. Let's go to McDonald's in the news. Yeah, you know, the McDonald's family, we know all about uh, Bob McDonald's legacy with kids and grandkids. And and the last thing I wrote uh, before taking some holiday time off was about one of Bob McDonald's grandkids, Kyle McDonald. He's the first year boys basketball coach at Forest Lake. Kyle's 24 years old. And I was in the Mounds View gym when Kyle recorded his first career victory when Forest Lake defeated Mounds View. Uh, Forest Lake had opened with three losses. 
So Kyle, Bob McDonald's grandson, gets his first career victory 66 years after his grandpa, the late Bob McDonald, got the first of his 1,012 career victories. And uh, Kyle's dad is Mike McDonald. And Mike was in the gym. Uh, he, they did not, Cambridge Isani, where Mike coaches, had the night off. So Mike was there. It was really cool to sit with Mike and watch the game. And Mike's, we all know the story. Mike's brother, Joel, is the coach at Hibbing. And their other brother, Tom, is the coach at Ely. And the fourth brother, Paul, is now the retired coach at uh, Ely Community College up there, the community college in Ely. And then the grandchildren side of this, Kyle's older brother, Rhett, is the coach at Duluth East. And their cousin, Bryce Tesdall, is the coach at Minnetonka, all, all boys basketball. So the McDonald family coaching tree is strong and growing. And if you go to John's journal at mshsl.org, you can read about Kyle's first win as a head coach. It was uh, really awesome to see that. And then another McDonald has made the news just in the last couple of days. This is Aiden McDonald, uh, a senior at Hibbing who plays for his dad, Joel. This is pretty amazing stuff. Uh, Aiden is a heck of a ball player. He signed with Augustana in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Uh, Aiden recorded his 1,000th career assist. And that's a stat we don't hear a lot about, you know, career assists. We hear about points, certainly. Uh, but And I, I did a little research. He became only the eighth boys basketball player in Minnesota history with at least 1,000 assists. And in that same game, the kid hands out a bunch of assists. Uh, it was against Badger, Greenbush, Middle River. Hibbing won the game uh, pretty handily. Aiden uh, McDonald also scored 50. So that's a pretty good night when you're handing out assists and scoring 50. Uh, he's a heck of a ball player. Nice young man. I, I've gotten to know him. And uh, congrats to Aiden and uh, Kyle McDonald. Some some big McDonald news. Cool. Uh, let's let's talk about the holiday tournaments. Uh, are they, are they going to come off? Without a hitch? Are we worried? What's going on? <laughs> well, there have been some changes. There's a lot of hockey and basketball going on here over the holidays, Jim. It's a, it's a tradition in, in Minnesota. And I know this probably isn't a popular idea, but I wonder what would happen if, if no high school games were allowed between Christmas and New Year's. And that's certainly not the way it is now. You know, some teams don't play. A lot of teams go to tournaments or these jamborees or just play regular games. I'm not opposed to that, and I'm not advocating, I'm not campaigning to eliminate, you know, to have basically a down period, and I certainly have no pull on this. I haven't told anybody this should happen. Nobody's come to me and said, hey, make this happen, but I, I've been thinking about this over the holidays, you know, while I was spending some some time away with family and, and uh, kind of just kind of just taking a breath. Uh, I, I just, I don't know. This will never happen, but I, I don't know if it, it wouldn't be a good thing to have kind of a dark period over the holidays. I've attended enough of these uh, events over the years to know the crowds are normally small, usually family members of the players and coaches and maybe some others. And I've seen a lot of photos and videos online of, of holiday tournament games this year. And, and the crowds are small. That's not why we play these games for big crowds. But, you know, these tournaments, they're a tradition in Minnesota with basketball and hockey. So I'm think, I'm way outside the box here. But what if teams were, were clear to practice during this period, but no games, just don't play games? Would that be better for families, including coaches and their families, including athletic directors who have to supervise and their families? 
you know, I, I, there's there's ways this could be done. Again, there's nothing in the works. Don't get up in arms. There's nothing on the table, and I don't. I suspect there never will be. But you know, right now, hockey teams can play 25 regular season games. Basketball teams, the maximum is 26. Uh, my my thinking is, you could still you wouldn't have to cut up, cut the number of games. You just would have a period between Christmas Christmas and New Year's. With no games again, I'm I'm thinking mostly about families here. Just this is a thought I've had over the holidays, and nobody, nobody, I have heard no other person in the state or outside the state mention this. But it's just a thought I had while I was uh, kind of downtiming and traveling, and and really having a good time with my family, and wondering if uh, if this would be the best thing for all. Certainly, the, a lot of people wouldn't like it because of the tradition of, of having these games, just throwing it out there. And it may just, it may just land in the mud and go no further. And that's fine with me. That's just, that's just my thought for the day, Jim. Well, it's a good thought. And my guess is that most coaches and most players, especially players probably would like to play the games. I mean, if you're a player, you like playing games and, and you have to play games while not being burdened with the school uh, responsibilities but I think we're, the thing I like about your suggestion is it's very easy to forget about all the people who have to work to make sure that games can be put on. Janitorial staff, school staff, uh, coaches who may prefer to have some time home alone with the family. Uh, you know, and so I, I, I like that. It's at least worth exploring. Yeah, and you know, and there'd be officials. They're going to make some money over the holidays, and and I haven't heard of any issues with officials because there just aren't that that you know everybody's not playing over the holidays. I think we have enough officials to cover these, but yeah, it's the people taking tickets. It's the people at the concessions, you know. But schools, or schools, you know, even if the crowds are small, they're going to make a little money. Who's ever hosting these things from concessions, hopefully, and ticket sales. So there's a lot of moving pieces, but just just a thought. Just a thought. I don't want anybody to get all excited that I'm gunning for holiday tournaments and holiday games. I'm not, but I just just something I've been thinking about. John, people listen to your show to get excited. So let's <laughs> okay, not try let's to go. tamp down excitement. <laughs> Crank it up, baby. Exactly. A couple more things we want to get to. We do want to thank Jody Stay and Pizza Barn in Princeton. PizzaBarnPrinceton.com. Yeah, our great friends in Princeton, Jim. I think we're going to be up there in January to do a show. I'm looking forward to that. Um, I don't, one thing I don't think we've talked about is the uh, Pizza Barn's uh, expertise in catering. Uh, they're a full-service provider. They'll they'll set up pizza, pasta. They can bring a taco bar, meatball, sub sandwiches, chicken, and a whole bunch more. If you go to their website, pizzabarnprinceton.com, there's a catering link. You can uh, you can get that get that rolling. They're always ready to make your event special. And time is running really short. We are down to the final hours for the December pizza of the month, although it may lag over into January a little bit. And that is the smoked Chipotle chicken pizza at the Pizza Barn right in downtown Princeton. It's a family-owned business for 38 years. Pizza Barn's a fantastic asset for the community of Princeton and well beyond. And this podcast, we love our relationship with uh, Jody and everybody up there. And remember, everything on the menu is also available for delivery and takeout. But uh, it's a great place to go have a meal with your family at the Pizza Barn in downtown Princeton. 
Yes, sir. Uh, let us get to the most valuable teammate. I follow you on Twitter, so I know who it is, but I want to hear you talk about it. And uh, we might even talk about some uh, planes, trains, and automobiles yeah. travel to the Malaysia. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, let's start with the latest, most valuable teammate. It's a senior volleyball player at Rochester Mail, Erica Matty. Uh, she's an amazing teammate, always willing to do whatever the team needs and always putting the team above herself. She worked hard every day at practice to push herself and everyone around her to be better as a team captain. She worked hard to make sure every athlete was an important part of the program. So congratulations to Erica from Rochester Mayo, the most valuable teammate. Uh, we send good wishes to family and friends of Roger Sercine. Uh, a high school league Hall of Fame member, a swimming and diving rules interpreter for 35 years. He died recently at age 86. I did not know Roger well, but I certainly knew Roger by his smile, his kind words. Whenever I was at a swim meet, uh, he was he was the face of this sport in a lot of ways. A longtime educator in Minneapolis schools, a class act, a wonderful man, and uh, the swimming world certainly uh, is going to miss Roger. And if all goes well, weather-wise, we can talk about some travel here, Jim, but here's some upcoming travel. If the weather's good and the roads are clear, I'm going to drive to Roseau, Minnesota on Tuesday. Uh, yeah, I've been there before. It's a long drive. I've done it in the winter. I've got stories to tell. I live to tell the stories, but I've never been in Roseau for a hockey game. So Tuesday night, there are war roads coming to town. And, you know, Warroad, Rozo, hockey, this is one of the state's longest and most storied rivalries. Really looking forward to it. I've got friends in Rozo. I'm excited about it. Uh, I will spend the night. I won't turn around and drive home. It's, you know, it's about seven hours um, each each way. And I'm looking at uh, Google Maps. There's a couple of different routes. And I'm going to have uh, some of my sources in Rozo give me weather alerts from up there. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of exciting. That would be my first uh, trip of the new year. And I'm, I'm very excited about it and at this point. Anyway, as we're talking right now, the weather looks promising. Good deal. Well, good luck with that. And don't take any chances. <laughs> I will not. Good. Uh, hey, but best way to listen to this show or the network as a whole, subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It is free. It is easy. Just the best way to do it. But you can always, of course, always go to talknorth.com and find the shows there or follow us on Twitter and see the shows as they are released. Uh, one, one kind of almost high school note I'll throw into the mix today. I'm doing a piece on John Madden and his, uh, his legacy. And he was born in Austin, Minnesota. And when he came back in 19, he really visited once as an adult. He was born there. He lived there until he was like four or five and moved to California. Never really came back until he was doing a Vikings game in 1999. And, uh, you know, he kind of hooked up with some family members in Austin, Minnesota. They invited him down. He came down. He got a key to the city, all that. Also, a uh, gentleman that I interviewed, who's a second cousin of his, made up in Austin High School football jersey and put Madden on the back and he said yes we did have to supersize it but John was very appreciative <laughs> that's yeah what a what a wonderful man I didn't, I didn't know John Madden certainly but boy my wife was even asking last night there was a piece on the news and and she's not a she's not a sports fan but she says I don't remember much about him but if he was broadcasting the game it sure seemed like a lot of fun and I said that's the best brief description of John Madden I've ever heard. It was That's, fun. It's perfect. Yeah. Perfect. It was, he, and she didn't understand. She doesn't know much about football. She'll watch the Vikings and roll her eyes. But yeah, I said, honey, you summed it up. That's exactly right. If he was doing the game, you were going to have some fun, no matter who was playing or, or 
close game, blowout. It didn't matter. It was going to be fun. And I don't think you can say that about about anybody else to that level with Turducken and everything else and the Telestrator and the stories he told. What a what a wonderful uh, broadcaster. You know, not to mention a coach and a, and a video game guy. Holy mackerel, what a life he led. And what a great role model if you're in the media or if you're a coach or a teacher you're, and I've said this to Jeff Diamond uh, on this week's show too. You know, our job is to take the complex and make it understandable, not vice versa. And so many people, you know, so many, so many people you run into in our business or in broadcasting, they want to do the opposite. They want to make it sound as complex as possible. John Madden always demonstrated that it was one guy hitting another guy and saying, "Boom." <laughs> That's it. Yeah, I'll add one more thing, Jim. I, I saw Peter King being interviewed on TV yesterday, I think. And he was talking about, you know, he once rode across country with John Madden in his bus. You know, Madden didn't like to fly. He had the big Madden cruiser. And whenever they were going through Nebraska, Peter King's telling this story. There was a, a diner in Kearney, Nebraska, where John Madden knew the owner. He'd been there so often. And they stopped for a meal, wonderful meal. And as they're walking out, John Madden started talking about if people from the coast, from the big cities, could come to a place like Kearney, Nebraska, see how happy the, our waitress was to be working, to be living here, to grow up here, how friendly the owner is, how much pride they have in their little hometown in Nebraska. That would be a good thing for all of America to see. You know, and, and you and I've lived different places. We know what that's like. We know how proud people are, you know, no matter if they're in a city or a tiny town. And and that was that was really interesting to me that uh, John Madden wasn't clearly wasn't just a football guy. You know, he, he thought about the world and the country. And, and if only people knew, could see some of the things he'd seen. And I thought that was pretty remarkable. That's really cool. I will also say uh, my editorial comment on it would be uh, the flip. The reverse is true, too. If people from small towns would come to the city and realize that it wasn't uh, people shooting each other and buildings burning, that would be a good thing, too. Sure wouldn't hurt. No, the, yeah. the, the wisdom of John Madden. That'd be good for everybody. Yes. Uh, any other high school news or content you want to get to today, John? Uh, just wishing everybody a happy new year, Jim. 2022 is a bonus, and uh, I'm excited for the new year. I'm excited to start things up in Roseau, and uh, and if I get in trouble, I'll shoot up a flare. We'll see what happens on the roads <laughs> up there. <laughs> Uh, well, good luck. Good luck with the weather. Good luck with COVID. Good luck with uh, officials being able to work the game. So all the, you know, all these things have to happen for games to continue. So, you know, one more editorial comment. Hey, uh, let's be careful out there. Let's get past this uh, latest variant surge so we can all get back to doing things we love, like going to high school games. You nailed it, my friend. Thanks a lot. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, John. Thank you. Uh, well, hey, thanks to everyone who listens. We will be back next week.